Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I am looking through cards that uh, possibly are valuable. Uh, and I am going to track down valuable bounties and uh, fail to bring them in and get paid every time. Sounds like you're a bad bounty hunter. Yes. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Just, uh... I don't know. Taking it easy on my only day off for the rest of the year, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yikes. It's not that bad. I do have a big week coming up, though. It's inventory. Oh, yikes. Yes. Uh, How are you? How was your Thanksgiving holiday? Uh, The actual holiday itself, fine. Uh, the uh, travel to and fro, not fine. Everyone's a fucking idiot. A lot of people shouldn't have driver's licenses. You know, the same things I always say every time I go traveling for a long period of time. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, grabbed a bunch of cards that were up at my house uh, that I forgot to get the last time, I guess. And now I'm sorting through them to find all the rares and see if any of them are worth anything. Well, you do at least have the M Charizard EXY uh, Omega Alpha 13 billion uh, and Knuckles featuring lock on technology with new funky <laughs> mode uh, featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Uh, this is all factual. Uh, yes, I found a random $80 card just sitting in, in, in this pile. So uh, let's hope we can get another one. What what I'm saying is, like, the names of Pokemon cards is fucking insane. That is true. That's why we stopped. That's why I stopped playing. That's actually not why I stopped <laughs> playing. I stopped playing because uh, I just did. Because Yu-Gi-Oh! came calling. And then I was like, ah, I'll sink all my money into this. Uh, being stupid enough to not buy singles and to instead gamble away my money with packs. I don't know. I think that my... Uh... Next card collecting venture is going to be to try to buy as many copies as I possibly can of. Like whenever Magic did the Ikoria set, they did like uh, Godzilla cards, which were just like reskins of cards that were in the set featuring Mm -hmm. monsters from Godzilla. Uh, Because I guess like Hasbro has the rights to that IP in the United States. Uh, So one of the cards that they made was called Space Godzilla Death Corona. Uh, and that set came out in March of 2020. Uh, so there was a, a, just a card called Death Corona that came out, and I'm going to buy 100 copies of it as a meme. I mean, I would too, uh, <laughs> if I <laughs> knew about that before the buyout began. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate. I bought, I apparently bought at one point a 2015 world championships deck uh, from the person who won the, the, the whole thing. And I'm trying to see if their tournament, like if this deck is tournament legal, 
Because if it is, I might be able to sell some of these cards, which would be just killer. Yeah, there you go. They are not tournament legal, so yikes. I guess I'm just going to hang on to this forever. Uh, speaking of hanging on forever, uh, we begin every show with a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Dan, what are you drinking this week? I am drinking a Dragon's Milk Reserve. Uh, This is a reserve label of the Dragon's Milk franchise. Uh, It's a 2021 reserve. It's a bourbon barrel aged stout with salted caramel. Or caramel, if you're that's kind of a psychopath. The final reserve of 2021 is an ode to one of our favorite releases. Our latest legend is an age for three months. And our latest legend is aged for three months in a in select bourbon barrels and layered with sweet and salty caramel flavors. The result is a truly indulgent brew best described as a dessert in a glass. Uh, 11% alcohol by volume. Okay. Uh, I am having a Jim Beam Rye and Pepsi. There you go. Uh, because mini bottles and my want to be rid of them. That's fair. That was always allowed. Okay. Uh, well, let's get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, Dan, this is the most exciting thing ever for you, uh, for some reason. Red Notice was the most watched program on Netflix for a second week in a row, plus uh, extrapolate on other things, I guess. Yeah. So if you go to the link that I included, it's a link to what's on Netflix, who everyone should be following. And it basically has a screenshot of each of the top 10 lists from among Netflix. So on the first screenshot, it's, uh, top 10 uh, non-English shows with Hellbound uh, having uh, 43,480,000 hours viewed. Uh, I don't know what that equates into. I haven't done any of that math. Um, Arcane Season 1 at 38 million uh, hours viewed. I don't think that's particularly good, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, just short of perfect, which I have no idea what the fuck that is. Uh, it's a non-English film and it, uh, had 9 million hours viewed. So if you want to understand how little Netflix customers care about, uh, you know, non-English language movies, there it is. There they are. And then red notice at 129 million hours viewed. Uh, it brings the grand total to, uh, 277.83 million hours. Uh, which roughly translates to using simple arithmetic, and this is not an actual stat. I need to make this disclaimer before anybody complains that I'm making up shit. Uh, it roughly translates to about 142 million views total on the movie. Okay. Also to note, that includes rewatches. So before, when we did the accounts viewed, like it wouldn't include rewatches of things. Now this this stat does. So uh, I think very obviously, uh, for some reason, people are continuing to rewatch Red Notice. I don't know why, but they are. That's terrible. Why would you do that? Uh, because they're psychopaths. All right. Um, hey, this is something that's uh, good for me, I guess. Um, so Damon Albarn, who is one of the co-creators of Gorillas. 
uh, has confirmed that a gorillas film is in the works at Netflix. Uh, so judging based on his uh, previous instances of like saying that they're doing things and then that thing never comes out, uh, we might see a gorillas movie in about 10 years. I mean, they are that one property that you are, that I can think of, at least musically, that I'm like, fuck yeah, I would love to see a gorillas movie. Yeah. But yeah, like apparently they like there's contracts that have been signed. There's like scripts being floated around and stuff. Um, apparently it's supposed to be something sort of uh, like sort of abstract, like think something along the, the lines of like Pink Floyd's The Wall, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Uh, okay. But gorillas, I I love gorillas. I do too. I'm with this. I want this. I mean, even if it's just strictly a retelling of like their lore, like their first year of lore or whatever, I'm I'm okay with that. Just make a movie about Plastic Beach. It'll be it's the best thing you could possibly do with this. That's probably true. I don't know if you watch the the music videos in the order you're supposed to like it's basically movies anyway yeah that's that's true it's like uh daft punk and and their music videos like all of them tell a story all 26 of them or something along those lines yeah i don't know i think uh i think plastic beach specifically it goes um i know like the video for stylo goes like directly into on melancholy hill so like if you watch those two videos back to back, it's like, oh, they drive off a cliff and their their car becomes like a shark submarine. And then like on Melancholy Hill is like, oh, they're in the shark submarine. And they, at the end, they get to Plastic Beach. So. Somebody who has no idea what fucking the gorillas are just like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Gorillas is great. Every every year, Murdoch is a little bit greener. Uh, because he sold his soul to the devil to become a famous bass player. Uh, and that joke culminated with Murdoch going to prison and being replaced on the album The Now Now with actually just Ace from the Gangrene Gang from Powerpuff Girls. Who Wait, was that's a fantastic. Who was a real member of the band briefly because Damon Albarn is like good friends with the guy who created Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, our last bit of news is that uh, the Chappelle saga looks to finally be over. Uh, if you don't want to hear any more Chappelle saga news, uh, move on to downstream. We will talk about uh, this thing and then we'll move on to the one trailer we have for this week. But uh, Tara Field has officially resigned from Netflix, effective 112121. Uh, Tara shared a message on uh, her website, uh, reignofterra.com, which. Uh huh. Uh, I will now read the only excerpt that actually fucking matters, uh, though she does include uh, three specific messages to uh, her base OS team, her trans uh, star ERG. Don't know what the fuck that is. And Netflix's IND team. Uh, Greetings. I have resigned from Netflix as of 11 2021. This isn't how I thought things would end, but I'm relieved to have closure. When I was looking to change teams at Netflix, when I was trying to decide if I needed a break from my ERG leadership role, and when I was suspended from Netflix in October, there was one person whose advice I saw in all three cases. B. Pagel's minor. Shortly after, 
B was uh, shortly after B was fired for something I did not and do not believe they did. I made a decision, sink or swim. I was going to walk side by side with B as they had for so many of us while they led the trans star ERG. Last week, B had their son. They are both happy and healthy. And for me, that is the note I'd like this chapter of my life to end on. I want to focus on the joy, not the heartache. So uh, I don't know if there's actually news here. I think the news is actually just that Terrafield quit and it's over. We're never going to hear about everyone hating on Dave Chappelle ever again, right? I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, we'll it's see where, where Tara lands up. Uh, probably, I don't, I don't know. Uh, probably somewhere where they're not prominent. But uh, she has been very active on Twitter because, of course, she is. And I don't know. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Caleb. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I mean, for one thing, like uh, news and everything, and like people's opinions, like all move so fast nowadays that like I I don't feel like because like this story dropped off my radar like three or four weeks ago and uh, I don't know if I really have an opinion one way or the other at this point. Yeah, because I, I don't mean, feel like I know very much about uh, what's going on. So that's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't have an opinion either. It's just uh, there's some closure now on one side. Uh, we'll see what Netflix employee decides to step up to play victim the next time Dave Chappelle releases something. I guess. Then it moves into downstream where uh, we will talk about the one trailer that we have to talk about this week. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Alright, and that trailer is for The Silent Sea. Uh, this is a Korean film. Uh... When Earth, with Earth in ruins, 24 hours on the clock, and the odds stacked against them, a team of space specialists embarks on a seemingly routine mission to the moon. But when things quickly take a turn for the worse, they'll fight for their lives and uncover secrets that make their mission seem more and more impossible by the minute. Uh, this is a series, uh, and it has the, the cop from Squid Game. That's true. Um, I don't know, it looks cool. It's, uh... From the the vibe of the trailer, I'm guessing it's a creature feature. Like there's alien monsters on the moon, maybe? Maybe. That's definitely possible. Don't know, though. Can't say for sure, because uh, the trailer was only a minute and so long and uh, didn't really do anything. Like, it, it described things that were happening, but, you know... Uh, yeah, it's more it's more atmospheric than informative, I guess. Yeah, which is fine. But uh, it uh, I, I'm just confused as to what's happening. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of more interested, I guess, in like. Uh, so like. This is, I guess, from a YouTube channel that Netflix runs called The Swoon, which mm-hmm. uh, specifically is for like Korean stuff so like on the description for the video it says welcome to the swoon your all access pass behind the scenes of your favorite korean and asian dramas uh get up close and personal with the stars tell us what you love to watch what endings made you want to tear your hair out and what keeps you coming back for more ever optimistic that the next one will be the one for the fans powered by netflix all bias is welcome 
So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, good for them. Uh, fine, whatever. I, I, I don't know. Uh, they, they have so many fucking YouTube channels that I actually think it hurts them, honestly, because yeah. I follow the main one. I put tra- I put trailers from that onto the dock most weeks. Uh, and if there's anything that's not on there, I just go, eh, guess it doesn't exist. And then I move on. I don't know. From the look of it, it seems like maybe the swoon is like a. Uh, something that's actually on Netflix, maybe in Korea or just like specific to Korea where they like I don't know kind of like their uh what the fuck was it like their after party things were maybe I don't know mm. yeah that makes sense uh somebody who has VPN or lives in Korea please let me know uh and that'll bring us into quick hits Dan did you watch anything uh, no, I was too busy traveling and hanging out with my family and friends who I also saw while I was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't know. I'm still I'm I'm getting pretty close to the end of uh, part five of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure uh, because part six comes out on Wednesday. Uh, but mm-hmm. then other than that, uh, I've been watching the IT crowd a bit as I dick around with other things. So. Pretty much the stuff that I watch all the time. Well, there you go. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, why don't we take a short break? And when we come back, we will talk about our main review topic for the week. uh, Cowboy Bebop, the live action adaptation that everybody is so angry about. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam, the Hurley he boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joe Star family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com/patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com/merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com/applepodcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Cowboy Bebop live adaptation Netflix ruined it. <laughs> uh, Cowboy Bebop is a new action adventure crime series on Netflix uh, based on the anime, as you alluded to. Uh, it is a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. A ragtag crew of bounty hunters chases down the galaxy's most dangerous criminals. They'll save the world for the right price. Uh, the stars John Joe as Spike Spiegel, Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black, and Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine. 
Uh, Dan, what did you think of Cowboy Bebop, the not cartoon version that makes everybody very mad? They ruined my favorite show that I've never seen. Uh, I've never it's seen the original. It's not good anymore because a different version of it exists, and now I can never go back to the original. Hashtag not my Bebop. <laughs> I, uh, no, I don't. Like, I actually, I, I tweeted out like halfway, like, it was like, it was like three episodes in, in 10 episodes, and I was like, I'm actually enjoying myself. Like, this is actually fun. Like, it's not great. I think it's like bare minimum, like, okay. I actually think it's good at parts, uh, solid at other parts. But, you know, I enjoyed myself for the most part watching Cowboy Bebop, ruiner of all of your childhood (laughs) dreams. There you go. Um, I never watched the original Cowboy Bebop. I never really got into it. I've seen a couple episodes, never really had like an attachment to it. So Mm. um, I'm not upset about it. Uh, And with. With that context, uh, I'm here to tell you that um, the show beats ass. I I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. It's got uh, it's got its own unique style. Uh, I, I've seen okay. When I, when I say I haven't seen it, I've seen like the first maybe two three episodes. Uh, so that's why when the first episode was just a longer version of the first episode of the anime, I just went, oh okay. Like they're just expanding on it like just slightly enough that it was like it's its own different thing. Uh, I like it, man. Like, I don't know. John Cho was so good as Spike Spiegel. I really felt endeared to him the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he he fucking kicked ass at it. And then Mustafa Shakir, also pretty great as as Jet Black. Uh, He actually nails the jet, the, the jet voice from the anime. Like, it's very fucking close. With yeah, like all three of the it. main crew, I thought were were very good. Now, I know like a lot of people's big problem was uh, the changes to Faye Valentine, uh, mainly that she's, I guess, more comic relief. Can't speak to that. Uh, I just feel like the nerds didn't like that she wasn't scantily clad the whole time. Because I don't know if you've seen like a photo of, uh, you know, regular Faye Valentine from the anime, but she does not wear many clothes. Yeah. So I, I feel like there was a lot of sweaty nerds upset about that. I thought she looked the part and like, I don't know if, if fucking just go on Google. You can see all the vaginas in the world in like five seconds. Like fucking can we can we calm down for a bit? No. I got to see all the vaginas now. Give them to me. I don't know. She still has like a sexiness to her, I guess. Like, it's fine. Not sexy enough. Less, less clothing, more boobs. I, I, I just don't know what people were expecting. Like, this doesn't like if you really feel like this ruins the, the anime for you. Uh, find God or something. I don't care. <laughs> like, go, like, fuck off. Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. Like. I'm on TikTok more than I should be as a 32 year old man, but like I'm on TikTok and I see like the anime TikTokers like getting there, like, look what they've done to my show, taking like shit out of context and being like, look how bad this is. But like, I remember one of them shared like the opening of, I think it was episode four where uh, it was the eco terrorists. And uh, they're saying, look how forced and bad this dialogue is. And I'm just like, 
Really? Because I think it sounds like if this is how the show is, this is a lot of fun. And that's exactly how the show was. It was a lot of fun with, with like some over the top stupid dialogue. But, you know, a good rapport between Spike and Jet. Yeah. This review is just us complaining about uh, the complainers again. That's true. I don't know. I thought everybody had like really great on screen on screen chemistry. And uh, I like the format of the show where it's kind of like villain of the week episodes and then like they'll kind of tie things together kind of uh this is like an odd pull for this but like kind of reminds me of like the first few seasons of burn notice or it's like oh we have to use our skills to to do a thing and then at the end we're going to talk about how like the wider plot is evolving I haven't seen enough burn notice but uh substitute jet for uh Bruce Campbell, which is not something I think I'd ever want to do. No <laughs> offense to Mustafa Shakir, but I think you have a point potentially. Uh, someone else who's watched more Burn, Burn Notice can tell me if that's true or not. Um, I don't know. I I'm telling you it. I guess, and I've seen every okay. episode of Burn Notice. All right. Well, then I'll take your. Uh, I'll believe you. That's just you know this reporter's opinion. Hmm. Uh. The one part of the show I don't think works is, uh, as you astutely pointed out, uh, the the combo of Piggly Doctor and Hectic eh. Knife as uh, vicious. I don't ever find that character threatening when he's supposed to be the big bad of the season. Yeah, he's just like so fucking manic, but they portray him as being like so incapable that like he's no matter what, like he's destined to destroy himself because he's just like fucking reckless and incompetent but mm. like i don't know like that's fine too that's fine but yeah i was watching him i was like oh my god he's got like basically the hectic knife wig <laughs> he he does i don't know what it is with netflix and and their white hair wigs but like the one that henry cavill had didn't look very good the one this guy had didn't look very good so uh maybe they need a new white hair wig person or something I don't know. Maybe. Soundtrack's a banger. Yeah. Slaps. Slaps. Uh, that's Yoko Kono for everybody. Uh, getting her on was probably the best move that they could have possibly made for this this the show. Uh, and the soundtrack is just so good. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have much else to, to say with, regarding this show, uh, except for one spoiler. For uh, one other character that I don't think works at the very end, but uh, it's up to you if you even want to talk yeah, about like it. the very final scene. Yeah, yeah, kind of kills it because uh, it's they I, like took it into cartoonish of a route. Right. Uh, not like ironically, they made it too cartoony. Right. Which like when you say that about an anime, like it's already a heightened thing and like, but it's a believable heightened. That was just like, uh, okay, you got to tone this down yeah. just a bit for this to it's actually like, translate. Hey, hey, we're gonna tease out season two by, uh, the, the new character that they're introducing just shrieking directly into the camera for a minute and a half. <laughs> it's true. I'm uh, I was I was worried about what was going on with the dog though, so I'm glad that the dog showed up at the end. Because uh, last time we saw the dog, it was it was sad. 
It was a very sad dog. Uh, I was very worried for it. I didn't want it to be left where it was. And then the dog was just there. And I was like, oh, cool. Happy. Me happy. Me not good with English. I don't know. I like, um, in a broad sense, I like this genre, which is like the scrappy, like, spacefaring dimwits who like just ma- barely managed to keep their ship in the air and keep moving from mission to mission. Actually compared it kind of to Firefly. Like, yeah, that's kind of where more, I was going with that, I guess. Yeah. Like a bit more restricted in terms of cast, but like a- along the same lines. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say regarding the show? No. Okay. Uh, well, what would you give it? Uh, I'd give it four out of five. Yeah. I will go with a three and a half. It's uh, it's a good show. Everybody watch it. Uh, if you have preconceived notions, don't. Check that shit at the door. Yeah. Uh, then I'll move us on to our patron requester review from our, our good friend Nick for Gladiator. Well, fine, if you don't want my money... You mean, if we watched terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. All right, Gladiator is a 2000 uh, action-adventure drama film. uh, 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb. A former Roman general sets out to exact vengeance against the corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. Uh, This is directed by Ridley Scott and stars Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you like it? Uh, I mean, I like it. It. Ridley Scott came out with some comments earlier this week that kind of soured me on anything Ridley Scott, where he was basically like, hey, my movie failed because millennials are too busy looking at their phones instead of watching things on the in theaters. Yeah, because Ridley Scott's a dumb shit. Uh, yeah, that's true. So that kind of like crept in there a bit. But like it, it, you know. I've seen it before. I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. And I walk out of it the same way. Like, wow, this is a really good movie. Like Russell Crowe's solid. Joaquin Phoenix is is pretty good. Like the action looks like shit in modern standards because they keep cutting away from it. But, you know, I was entertained. Were you not entertained? I don't feel like this movie holds up. Okay. It has a very 2000s vibe to it. Like since then, we've seen like all the Lord of the Rings movies and like all the Game of Thrones and all the big epic battles and shit. And then there's this where uh, when they're fighting, they do like slow motion, like reduce it to 15 frames per second, blurry action. Uh, And it's not good. It It does not stand the test of time. Okay, that's fair. Additionally, this might be like a weird nitpick, but like I hate the color palette in this movie. Like they, I guess, try to make shit like grainy and washed out to give it like kind of a. um, Like a, an emotional gravitas or whatever, but like 
I don't know. Doesn't work for me. Okay. I think Russell Crowe's fine in it. I think uh, I think the Joker was pretty good in it. (laughs) You mean Arthur Fleck? (laughs) Hashtag not my Joker. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 fair. I think the other problem with it is it's two and a half hours. Like we're I, I guess we're still in that era where we're like, hey, epics can be two and a half hours. And I'm just like, I mean, kind of. But also, like, let's pick up the pace. A bit, you know, yeah, let's have things happening during that two and a half hours. No, uh, it takes me back to a time when Ridley Scott could direct and didn't actively complain whenever people didn't go see his movies. Yeah. Ridley Scott has made pretty much one movie that I care about. Uh, Actually, I guess two. There's two movies of Ridley Scott's that I really like. One of them even was from the last 10 years. Uh, Can you guess what they are? Hold on. Well, one is Alien. One is alien. Or one is one is, or one is Blade Runner. And then the other one. You wanna know what? I've never seen Blade Runner. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then on Blade Runner. Uh it would be The Martian. Correct. Look at you, you're so smart. I know. And let me see here. He had Gladiator, he had Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, Matchstick Men, Kingdom of Heaven. A good year, American Gangster. Man, he just like was pomping out movies in the 2010s. And yeah. well, two thousand tens. He's a producer, not a director on, so Oh no, I'm looking at director credits. So like here here's here's uh two thousand to two thousand and ten. Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, Matchstick Men, Kingdom of Heaven, A Good Year, American Gangster, Body of Lies, Robin Hood. Like, I guess I guess there was that period where he was just like doing everything. Yeah, which probably is why his maybe if he would have turned down some projects, he could have uh, spent some time developing Alien Covenant and ask people, you know, whether it was a good idea or not. I know. Right. What's his best movie from like what other than Gladiator? What is his best movie from this era? People seem to agree is his best movie. I feel like uh, a lot of people liked Black Hawk Down. It was, I remember Animal that being a big movie when it came out. Black Hawk Down, 7.7. Magic Men, 7.3. It's got Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven, 7.2. A Good Year, 7.0. American I feel Gangster, like people were pretty 8. middling on Matchstick Men. Um, I don't know. And like Black Hawk Down, I've seen it. But I really only remember the South Park parody, Red Slay Down, where Santa got shot down trying to bring Christmas to Afghanistan. So, yeah, uh, it's so it's Black Hawk Down at 7.7 and then American Gangster at 7.8. Uh, Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington in American Gangster is probably the reason for that. Ooh, it's also got uh, wow, this is actually kind of a stack cast. It has uh. Chiwetel Ejiofor, Josh Brolin, Ted Levine, The Rizza, Cuba Gooding Jr., Carla Gugino. Yeah, kind of a stacked cast for American Gangster. You know, good for Ridley Scott. Except fuck you, Ridley Scott. Stop blaming me for your movies not being interesting enough for me to care to watch it. Millennials, cell phones. 
Old man yells at the cloud. It's true. All right, well, what would you give Gladiator? Like I say, it's still it's still good. I don't really think that it stands the test of time per se, but uh, I don't know. I'd say a three. Yeah, I'm going like soft three and a half. Like, yeah, it's it's still good. But yeah, I just didn't connect with it. Now, of course, I had a Paul viewing of it, meaning uh, I had to stop at one point and then leave to go hang out with my friends. And then I watched it on my return uh, from Pittsburgh. So maybe that had some influence over me not caring as much. But uh, yeah. also, it, it, I should have been like, hey, I want to really finish this movie before I go see my friends. And it didn't do that. So, no. Yeah. It's what it I is. feel like if uh, if Nick was still a, a bitter old man and wasn't on his new uh, journey of silver linings and uh, positivity that... <laughs> Uh, I would be in trouble for thinking that it was just all right, but uh, uh, I'm sure he will support me. Like you do you, boo. And that's the way the news goes. All right. Well, next week on the show, uh, we'll be reviewing the latest Netflix Oscar contender hopeful thing, uh, The Power of the Dog. And on the back half of that, it's a cautionary tale of Netflix. And uh, because Nick didn't choose it for us, uh, when typically the fourth hmm. quarter of any month or any year is uh, us suffering, I have chosen it instead. We will be watching Live by Night. Okay. Uh, I've heard you talk about this. And I've never seen it. I have no idea what it's about. So All I know is it's uh, Ben Affleck directed gangster movie, I think. Oh, it's that one. Okay. Yeah. I know Nick hates it, uh, yeah. and I was really it's, expecting him to pick it. <laughs> it's the movie that almost killed Nick, and he was like, I need to make a change and have a more positive outlook on life where Live <laughs> By Night can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> I'm in the quiet safe room where Ben Affleck's voiceover can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> uh, for some reason, like I forgot that's what this was, and I was thinking... I was thinking it was uh, under the Silver Lake, or you know, oh no, one, one of if those other movies that Lake, you talk about all the time. If it was under the Silver Lake, uh, we this would not be a cautionary tale of Netflix. This would be like Dan is making you watch this because yeah, you I thought, need to see I thought you movie. were just setting us up with like a low soft pitch right across the plate. No, I I fucking I fucking love that movie. Like I <laughs> actively recommend it to people. And now Gerald will come in like with vomit emojis or something and be like, I can't believe he's talking about under the silver lake again. Uh, I wish Gerald would start embracing the power of positivity. Uh, Gerald, just watch some New Day uh, <laughs> promos. Go watch some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Just watch AEW. It's fine. Same thing. All right, tell them stuff, Dan. You can find the show at NetflixandSwill.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, go check out my article review. Uh, I did a review of the League of Legends series Arcane over on SimpletonReview.com. Uh, I will post the link in the show notes so you can read that. Uh, show people that I can write good because my 10th grade English teacher gave and me a complex. And learn to do other stuff good, too. Yeah. Uh, my my tenth grade English teacher gave me a complex that my writing was so fucking bad that uh, I tried to never write again. 
so make me feel good about myself and tell me how good I'm getting at writing. And if you guys think that's a joke, it's not. I'm not kidding. My 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 uh, 10th grade English teacher uh, fucked my brain up entirely. Linda can corroborate. Hmm. Sorry. Maybe you should write her a strongly worded letter <laughs> with uh, perfect grammar and punctuation. Thanks, Grammarly. <sighs> She's just mad that uh, her job became obsolete whenever autocorrect was invented. It's true. Uh, she's also mad there's no clock in her hat. <laughs> Time for chili. That's, this baby's wasted on you. Where's Homer? <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you to Spaceweather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, which is how Dan feels towards his high school English teacher. Fuck you, Miss Polziak. I think that was, I think that was your name. If it wasn't, I'm sorry, Miss Polziak. You were probably fine. <laughs> All right, and until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.